good morning. I hadn't had the chance to say that to everybody. I tried to, but I missed one or two. But uh, looks like a bunch of people got the word that I was going to be speaking today. It looks like to me. <laughs> but anyway, um, join me in prayer, if you will. Our Father and our God, we just praise you for this day. We thank you for giving us the privilege to be a part of it. Thank you for all the blessings that you do bestow upon us. As many as we do have, a lot of them that we look at, we think are not even blessings. But everything good comes from you, and we praise you again, Father, for that. I ask, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that the words that I say and speak this morning, the meditations of my heart, will be acceptable in your sight, Father. In the name of Jesus, I ask it all. Hallelujah. And amen. Um, with some friends last night, and they said, "What, uh, what you gonna talk on?" I said, "I don't know. I was looking, hadn't been told yet. I felt something out of Hebrews, and uh, didn't know if that was gonna work." And they said, well, "What about healing?" I said, "Oh, I don't know about that one." <laughs> so uh, about two o'clock this morning, it got confirmed that it was gonna be on healing. So as I go through this, if you will just bear with me, Um, if anything that I refer to about me is not about me, it's about my God who has taken care of me, okay, let's get that up, up front, I don't want any pity, don't need any pity, God's taking care of everything, okay, all right, if you got your Bibles with you, take your sword out, and turn to James 14, James 5, excuse me, James 5 and verse 14. Thank you, sir. One more page. Okay. Out of the chapter 5, verse 14 of the book of James, it says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. That's mighty powerful, in my opinion. That is a tremendous, tremendously good, powerful thing. Um, most of you know, or some of you do, I don't remember how many. I went to Brazil a couple years ago, three years ago now maybe. And um, we talked about healing a good bit there. Um, talked about a bunch of things there. Went through all of the miracles that uh, Jesus did. Um, most of what I want to talk about is going to come out of Luke 5 this morning. Fifth chapter of Luke. Uh, that other was just a little bit extra. You didn't have to pay for it. Um, sorry about that. I won't get another one, Farrell. Um, if you look in James and the, uh, and, nope, I've gone to Luke now, forgive me. We've already moved over to Luke. Um, how many times a week do we usually, uh, offer up prayer for healing 
up here in this altar, at this altar. It's just about every Friday night, and it's just about every Sunday morning. All right, several years ago, uh, I've had a, about a five-year journey through uh, several things, and we're good friends with Mac. everybody else, if y'all could be. She's just an amazing kind of person, but anyway. One of the days that uh, weren't, wasn't going so well, we were out there with her doing something. I don't even know what now at this point. But my cry to her was, what are the next hoops I've got to jump through? What are the next hoops I've got to jump through to get such and such? It'd be healing, whatever it was at the time. Um, but anyway, it, she said there are no hoops to jump through. And I kind of wanted to argue with her and tell her, well, I've, I've been in this prayer line 15 times. I've been in that prayer line. I've been anointed. I've been to Brazil. And I've had this and that and other and everything. And I'm still hurt. I still hurt every day, all day long. By the time 7 or 8 o'clock gets here, I'm ready to be in the bed and lay down. Anyway, she said, there's no more hoop. There's no hoops to jump through it at all whatsoever. And so I'm going to try to show you some of that now that I've, over it a little bit and have uh, changed the directions. How many of us believe that if if we don't have the faith ourselves, we won't be healed? How many want to believe that? You don't have to raise your hands. Um, how many believe that we are totally healed? forevermore, forever past, and forever always and everything else. Because that the blood shed at the cross took care of every bit of it. His stripes, I have been healed by his stripes, regardless of what I feel in my body, I have been healed by his stripes. Look at Luke 5 and 12 through 26, okay? We've decided that uh, we can't be faithful enough there's not a certain level of faith that you get to, and you, you know, you get one leg healed if you get this high, and if you get a little bit higher, you get the other one healed to go with it. So, uh, Luke five seventeen through twenty six says, "Now it happened on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem." And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. I like that. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they thought, excuse me, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in, because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. Is that what he went for? Is that why he was beating the door down to get there? Is that why he laid at the door and asked you know, somebody to get me? Keep reading. The scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? 
who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, rise up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Okay, that's the first part that I want to talk about. As we go about doing what we were commissioned to do, the person that we're trying to pray healing for, or the person that we are praying for to be healed, doesn't have to have that faith. There's no set amount of faith that a person has to have. In other words, it's the faith of those that were getting him there. In this instance, that got him saved, not only from his physical infirmities, but from his godly, uh, his sins as well, however you want to say that. Um, <clears throat> 22 through 26, I don't know what that, well, I guess I do too. That was to prove a point, is he healed him uh, physically after he took care of his um, relationship issues with God. Okay? Their faith versus our faith. What about our faith? Where does our faith come in on this? In Luke chapter 8, verses 40 through 48, and I apologize for reading so much, but uh, these are the things that I that were stressed upon my heart. Uh, Luke 8, 40 through 48 says, As it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell, he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. I'm sorry. Give me just a second. I decree and declare in the name of Jesus I'll be take, through taking medicine before long it drives my mouth out. Oh, finished verse 42 and starting back up at 43. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all her livelihood on physics, physicians and could not be healed by any came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped and Jesus said who touched me out of this whole crowd of people who touched me when all denied it Peter and those with him said master the multitudes throng and press you and you say who touched me 
Jesus said, somehow, no, excuse me, someone touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. Now, that rep represents her faith, her belief, um, her desire to be healed. She knew that if she could just get to the hem of his garment, she knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, if I can just touch ever so slightly the hem of his garment, he was so powerful, she'd be healed right there on the spot. And she was, and we praise the Lord for that. Um, and then con continuing on in that verse, we've established that um, their faith, our faith, let's put it this way, our faith can heal the people that we are ministering to, okay? We have our own faith that can get us healed as well, okay? The next one we'll talk about is daddies, okay? Daddy's part in it. Luke 8, 40 through, 8, 40 through 48. I've already read some of it. The last two verses of it, I've read through 46, 47 and 48. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him, and now she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Now, that wasn't the one that's going to talk about daddy. That's in 49 through 56, which will finish up this chapter. Verse 49. While he was speaking, while Jesus was speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. Somebody tells me my daughter's dead. <laughs> it's going to be something else, I'll tell you that. Um, but they, the, the messenger says, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, do not be afraid, only believe, and she will be made well. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, Do not weep. She is not dead. She's sleeping. And they refused, no, excuse me, and they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But Jesus put, their, put them all outside took her by the hand and called, saying, Little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately, and he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Okay, when I say daddy, on this earth I'm the daddy of one beautiful little girl. And each of you have children as well. But I think that relates back to our Father and His grace is being poured out upon us. He gives us more than we can access some days. Just You've you got to put forth the effort. You don't have to. He pours it out on you every day with blessings and favor and honor. 
And then the last thing that I've got here is in 2 Corinthians 12 and 7. And I don't know what's there right now but or why I got it written down. But um, 2 Corinthians 12, 7. <clears throat> Or some, excuse me, I was going to get a drink. Read it. Second Corinthians 12 and verse 7. Uh, Paul is telling us, I think, says, um, Lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of of the revelations a thorn in the flesh was given to me a messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I be exalted above measure concerning this thing I plead with the Lord pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me and he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness Therefore, most sat most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. When that hits home, you want to jump up and down and say hallelujah. For those of us that, that do like I do, hurt, whatever, pain or whatever, because though I've been through what I've been through for the last five years, his grace has been sufficient. I've, I've had many, many more times than I should admit that I wanted to go away, uh, leave, quit. I prayed that I could wake up dead, and he wouldn't do it. And you know, I got, I got angry about that. But after a while, it started started uh, when things began to get better you can see a little more clearly but during the time that it is so bad you can't see the forest for the trees and make some mistakes however his grace being sufficient he'll take care of all of those as was all our healing taken care of at Calvary by his stripes we were healed the blood gave us enough grace that we couldn't mess up enough times to use it all up at all whatsoever because of him Jesus died on the cross and given us life everlasting and the power to do these things we look at them today as miracles <clears throat> we need to begin calling them a way of life we need to start looking at raising the dead, healing the sick, cleansing the lepers as normal daily activities and not miracles. That's what Jesus did. He went around healing people, saving people. We can't forgive them their sins because we're not God. But we can love them through what they're going through and support them but not what they're doing. Okay? Say it again. Say it again. I can't hear you. 
I just, my train of thought just derailed. Um, while we are, we can't see the forest for the trees, but he gives us grace sufficient to do whatever he wants us to do. Even though we think, I can't go anymore. I don't want to go anymore. I can't. Jesus comes down and he takes care of all of that and girds you up and provides you with the things that you need to keep going day in and day out. Now, in the last year, praise be to God, every bit of it, all honor and glory is his. I am in the best shape I've been in in over five years. That includes two back surgeries, six rotator cuff surgeries, a staph infection, and a knee surgery. And my God is sufficient. He provides sufficient grace for me to keep on day in and day out, even though I don't want to. And I want to give you that opportunity today, if you need it too, to come and meet the man that provides that. In the name of Jesus. Anybody else got something to say? That's pretty much what I heard him tell me to say today. Farrell, come on. You you got something to say, I know. You know, what Jay just said, it, the very end of it is the gist of his message. When... We look at miracles as everyday occurrences. <clears throat> when we look at the supernatural as a natural way of doing things, then we've, I won't say arrived, but we've gotten to the point where we understand the authority of who we are. You know, when we read about all the, the miracles in Africa and, and all these other places that, you know, Reinhard Bonnke, I think, is one of the, biggest names that comes to mind I remember seeing a video of somebody where they were praying and the guy raised from the dead in the ground room or the basement below them. and we wonder why we don't see that here well here we have backup plans always in place there they have no other recourse there's not, there's not a backup plan. They don't have 12 specialists with various degrees behind their names waiting to take our checks. They have pulse or no pulse. That's pretty much it. And when the pulse part stops and there's a no pulse, they don't have any choice but to say, okay, God, this right here, he, he's got to get up and go. When they see it happen, they look like, Y'all don't see it? Why don't y'all see it on a regular basis in America? We see it all the time. It's not weird here. I'm going to tell you. I bless Jay and the ability to go lay hands on dead people and they get up and walk. Me personally, I ain't touching dead folks. I don't touch dead folks very well. I'm not a good dead folks toucher. And I see Beverly shaking her head. We in that crowd together. I'll stand right there with Beverly and me and Beverly will pray for y'all. It's right there with you. Pray <laughs> that y'all go touch them. 
I'm not a big, good, big person on touching dead people. I'm just being honest. I have a best friend, Jay, that touches dead people on a regular basis. Let the anointing flow through his garments. <laughs> I'm good with that. And I'll bless God that the anointing flows through Jay. <laughs> but the thing is, they look at us and go, why do y'all not see these miracles? It's because we've just grown accustomed to, well, if God doesn't do it, we'll figure out how to get through it on our own. And I can look at every one of y'all and say, y'all try to do things on your own. I wouldn't even begin to pull out my diary that has the things I've done on my own. But we look at that last ditch effort and we go, okay, God. I need a supernatural miracle to stand in here, right here, right now. I've got to have a supernatural miracle. He still doesn't do things. Because to him, nothing is supernatural. This is, as Chad Taylor would say, this is the dude that spit on the dirt, made some clay, and breathed life into somebody. It became Adam. It's not supernatural to him. When we walk in that authority and we, be, we begin to retrain our brain that these supernatural or naturals, that walking through the walls are natural, that walking on water is natural, we'll begin to see those things take place. The things that we come up here and we lay hands on and in the past, when we've laid hands on people over at Tabitha's Place, when we were on Walnut Street and over in different locations, we've seen things happen. We've seen some weird stuff go away on people. And it's easy when you, when you see the weird stuff go away on one person, when the next person comes in with weird stuff all over them, oh, we can do that. We did that before. But what about the dude with the big thing on his back? I mean, we hadn't done that one before. So maybe God's not big enough to do that one. But now bring us some more things with stuff on their faces. We can do that. The difference is we got experience with this one. This one is now natural because we've seen a miracle in the natural take place on this one. Well, this one right here with the big old thing on his back is supernatural to us. Well, no, it's not. It's the same healing virtue that flowed from the hem of the garment that stopped the bleeding over here. Even while the girl was dying in the bed at the house, it's no different. So, like Jay said, seeing the forest for the trees, the miracles are all there right in front of us, just waiting to happen. And sometimes we just don't think we're quite big enough to do them. We don't think we're quite strong enough to do them. We think that that one's just out of the realm of who I am, God. But no, it's not. It's not. We've all got to bring our bread to this thing and let it be served in, in you. So every one of y'all is strong enough in you to see your miracles take place. Every one of you is strong enough to see the little girls <clears throat> get up and walk when you lay hands on them that are dead, that are dying. Every one of you are all strong enough to walk up to a mountain and go, Lazarus, come forth. And please be specific because all the rest of the dead people will get up and walk too, and that will not be a pretty sight. Be specific in what you know and, and walk in who you are. <clears throat>
we are at the point of seeing miracles. We just don't see them because we hadn't stretched that faith. We can sit right here and God's going to bless you, sister. I know he is. May not be your time. It is time. It is time right now to see these miracles take place. It is time right now to see our, our, our houses healed, our businesses healed, our hands healed. It's time to see all those things. It's just a matter of stretching the rubber band to the point where it breaks. Because when you do that, you can actually, it becomes longer. Take a rubber band and break it. It don't go so far when it's whole. But you break that sucker in half and lay it out, it goes a lot further. And you can pick off a five from here to Ken's shoulder. And you've stretched it on out there. I'll never forget the night. It was the uh, night of the elections whenever I ran for school board. We were at the courthouse. And some guy had no clue who he was. Jay was standing there talking to him. And there was a lot going on that particular night with all the uh, results and stuff coming in. But this man standing there talking to Jay. And Jay says, we'll pray for you. And I said, brother, we'll pray for you. I'm thinking, we got to get back over here. Jay and I stopped everything at that point in time. We went to a side room. We told the man we were going to pray for him. We went and prayed for him right then. You see, that became the most important thing that we had to do. Elections, elections, it doesn't matter. That was going to take place. Whatever was going to happen was going to happen. But we had the opportunity to minister to somebody in and I can't remember his name. I can't even remember what it was. <clears throat> I, I, I say it was. I think it was some sort of cancer. But how we just we committed to praying for him, and then put him in the courthouse downtown Jessup, with all these people walking around. Kind of not the most comfortable place in the world to pull somebody into a little room and pray for him, but we did. And God blessed it. God's going to honor each of you as you begin to move forward. He's going to give you an opportunity this week to see a miracle. He's going to give you the opportunity to lay hands on a situation and see a miracle take place. It will happen. Father, bless these folks today as we depart. Father, bless them that they will, they will see you move mightily in their lives this week. Not next week, not next month, this week. We will have record next Friday night or next Sunday of where you have ministered and you have moved in our situations. Father, I'm excited to hear about the reports that will come back. I know that you're going to do something natural to you. Father, we give you all the glory and the honor of this day. We ask that you just bless and keep us safe as we travel from here. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen.
Really? The supernatural has now clicked into the natural. Missy's going to speak. Daylene turned around and wrote me a little note on a little chiclet box and says, can you speak? I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> I'm not a public speaker at all, but y'all have heard Jay's version of everything that has gone on in our lives, but you've never heard my version of it. And we walked through it hand in hand. And God carried us. You know the footprint thing where he says where there's, you know, one set of footprints I was carrying you. He was carrying both of us, one on each side. Um, There were times when he had to take so much pain medicine to deal with the pain in his body that he was pretty much checked out. I mean, he would sleep all the time. He'd sit down in the chair and go and sack out. And this went on for years. We're not talking a couple of weeks or a couple of months. This went on for years and years and years. There were times that I felt like I was in this marriage by myself because all Jay really did was sleep. No fault of his own, okay? He was doing what he had to do to survive. And I see that and I understand that now. But after having so many surgeries and so much stuff that has gone on with him, I'm like, if he tells me one more time his back hurts, I am going to just throw up my hands and run out of here screaming. And God said, no, you're not. I said, yes, I am. And he said, no, you're not. And if it had not been for him, if it had not been for him, we would not be standing here today. I felt alone. I felt deserted. I was like, God, how much more, how much more are we going to have to stand? But he said, I am preparing you, and I'm preparing him for what lies ahead of you. You cannot pray for somebody for healing unless you have walked through their shoes. And you know what it's like to hurt every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. When you lay hands on somebody and pray for their healing, you know what it takes. You know what it takes. And I just give him the honor and the glory because he is restoring. He is a God of restoration, and he is restoring. He is in the process of restoring. He does it every day, every minute of every day. If you turn it over to him and say, okay, God, I can't fix this. I can't fix Jay. No way, no how. As bad as I want to, I cannot fix him. But I know who can. And that is where I have got to put my faith and my trust and walk it out every day, every minute of every day.